Good morning to you, uh, church. Good morning to you, church. Thank you very much for that response. I perceive that the Holy Spirit is here and the, he's here to help us. He's here to enrich our lives. And what a wonderful time to pray together, to, to sing together, and to hear him speak to us. My name is Emmanuel. Becky and I'm the curate here at Christ Sabbating Hill. The sermon today is the fourth in our current series on the unrestricted church. In the previous sermons, if you recall, we have been told what the church is, who the church is, and what the gathered people do. The question we want to address today is, why not just stay indoors? As a result of this lockdown, amazing stories have come to light. How people have used the time to help others, whether that's in delivering supplies to a family member or to a vulnerable neighbor. And today we know what, who our neighbor is. Many of you, I must say, have been involved in these amazing stories. So how do we build on this and and be mission-focused as we emerge from lockdown. Let us pray. Loving God, we thank you for this time under your word, and thank you for the spirit of liberty that is here with us. Give us receptive hearts, O oh Father, to receive your word, and maybe it be profitable to your church. For in Christ's name we pray, amen. The passage we have just read tells us what our identity is and what our calling is. We are told that we are God's chosen people, a spiritual house. Are you excited about that? This is your new identity in Christ. We are called out of darkness into light. From a place of hopelessness and sin and death, it was in that place we all were when Christ found us, chose us, and saved us. So we are now children of light. Light is good, light is beautiful and wonderful. We are light bearers and we are called to share it with the world. There are still many people you know and that I know who are living in darkness, 
without knowing the saving grace of Christ. And who are these people? They are our unsaved neighbors, unsaved families, friends, and colleagues who all also need to experience the light that has changed us. Christ is the light of the world and he has chosen us to be witnesses to the people living in darkness with broken hearts, with broken dreams and broken lives. Permit me, if you may, to share the statistics with you. Can I please have that slide up? Great. It's important to look at that slide. It says, is a survey that was carried out in England. Two thirds of the adults that were surveyed, that is 67% of them, say they know a practicing Christian. And that person is most likely to be a friend, 40% said yes to that, or a family member, 33%. Only 1%, only 1% said a church leader is the person that they know as a Christian. This survey was taken from talkingjesus.org. This report, you know, figures don't lie, do they? This report confirms the wisdom of God in making us his spiritual house. The potential to exert influence is huge because many non-Christians know you than they know your church minister. Please hear this truth. Believers are the foot soldiers commissioned to reach the world for God. And this starts where they are located. The kingdom of God advances only if we allow him to use us in changing the world. What great privilege we have as Christians to share the good news of Jesus with the people around us. So the chosen people, you, you, and you are the spiritual house. You are the temple of God. Your new identity has been enabled by the power of the Holy Spirit. You are living stones held together by the precious cornerstone, Christ, the head of the church. We are God's special possession, called to declare his unfailing love to the world. The passage we have read 
this morning is not referring to ordained elders, but rather it affirms that ministry belongs to the people of God. That is you and you and you. Ordained elders have a particular role within the body. Peter writes, to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them. 1 Peter 5, verse 1 Peter 5, verse 1 to 2. The same theme is also conveyed in that, in, in that passage in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 12. Christ himself gave us the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for the works of service. Let me put it this way. We gather in order to be equipped and we disperse to carry out God's work among our communities, families, friends, and work colleagues, serving and improving society through our jobs. We do so bearing witness to Christ according to our gifts. A missionary church engages fully with the world it serves, and we are that missionary church. The idea that all believers are called to serve society is vital to the health and effectiveness of the church. In this way, we become living stones who continually grow the church as more people hear about Jesus and come to believe in his redeeming grace. This passage also calls, calls you the holy and priestly people of God. For Luther, the priestly ministry of people of God extends to the workplace to business, entertainment, politics, education, medicine, homes, and to the neighborhood where we all are called to live as the salt and the light of the world. Understanding your new identity and calling allows you to connect your beliefs to your everyday life giving you purpose in your job, in life at home, and in the neighborhood. The gathered church is the place where people are fed and nurtured so Christ may be formed in them by the Spirit. And interestingly, Christ, who is the head of the church, has made you ambassadors to your communities. 
You are the temple of Christ. This building we're in is not the church. Wherever you go, Christ goes because he resides in you. What an amazing privilege to be God's ambassadors. For first, God reconciled us to himself through Christ. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. As agents of reconciliation, we mediate God's love to people so humanity can be recalled and be restored to his image. In that passage, we also see that our calling involves offering spiritual sacrifices through Jesus Christ. In verse 5, what do we mean by this? It is offering our intercessory prayers, praise, because our lives give praise to the one who has given us the greatest gift of his son's sacrifice. We also offer thanksgiving. Repentance, justice, kindness, and love. As priestly people, we bear on our hearts the sorrows, the cares, the tragedies of our world before God in prayers. And may I encourage you, please, brothers and sisters, to fully engage with this fantastic initiative, the Kingdom Come Prayer Initiative. I'm sure many of you have this. Please, please engage with it. Pray to see your loved ones and friends come to faith. Our calling also involves, interestingly, being a blessing to the world in Christ. The world does not really understand it and often rejects it. But we must constantly find ways to engage with the local community so we can extend grace, generosity, and kindness to people. Our mission in the world defines our goal to be a blessing. And as Steve stood here, taking us through those slides, you can see the amazing way that we can engage with, with caring for the people in our society. And I want to ask you, please keep it in your mind, pray. Where does God want me to, to be involved in this great work that changes lives? The church is most itself when it is feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, visiting the sick, and those in prison. Matthew 25, 30, 35 to 46. In other words, we are looking out for those who are on the margins, 
and the church, we also model unity and friendship. Just look around you. you the diversity. And this is global. Humanity was also given the charge to develop and protect the planet. So, the church has the same calling to develop and to protect people and care for creation. More about that will come soon in the church. Before the pandemic, Christ Church provided support to the community through initiatives such as the Sunday lunch, Thursday women, open doors, and many more, which I will not mention. Women do craft. Through this involvement, bridges have been built, friendships have developed, and platforms have been used to share God's love. All the above, and even what I've not mentioned, are to encourage you, church, to go for gold. No act of kindness, no matter how small, is ever wasted. We are people who care. And except people know that we care, they would not listen to us. So, to develop any meaningful relationship with people, we must be willing to give time to listen and to care. As we emerge from lockdown, the unrestricted church cannot and should not remain indoors because the church is outward looking and missional in its calling. What else is there to do practically? How do we discern God's move among the people? How do we reimagine church and rebuild tomorrow? Let me get you a little bit excited, if I may. Just recall God's unfailing love to you, where he found you, and for his creation. You may consider some of these suggestions. Take prayer work around you, where you reside. Watching for the signs of need. Prayerfully seeking ways of becoming the heart, the voice, the hands, and the feet of God in meeting those identified needs. Say hello to that neighbor passing by with a smile. Or as you look over the other fence, to that man who, or woman in the garden. Invite them over for tea when lockdown is over. Be involved in your street WhatsApp group. And if you are a member of a sports club, what an amazing place to make new friends. In conclusion, can I have that slide up again, please? Look again at that slide and think 
about the influence you can't exert. We are a chosen people sent into the world to be God's ambassadors. Verse 9. This task may appear daunting or difficult, but God gives the grace to accomplish his work. Verse 10. May I ask you, brothers and sisters, to be courageous. For like Philippians 2.13 says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. 